Hello, everyone, and happy Friday to you. It is the weekend, and I hope that you have fun fall plans because, guys, it's officially fall, and I know that there are many of us that have been waiting for this moment, and you love the colder weather. I'm not one of those people not looking forward to the colder weather. However, I'm embracing it. Somebody say, good job, Angie. Is anybody excited that it's fall? Anybody excited that it's it's pumpkin season? Perhaps you're one of those pumpkin coffee people. Eh. See, I don't like pumpkin and coffee together. I think that's disgusting. But, you know, to each his own, right? If you love it, I love it for you. How about that? Um, I do love when seasons change and you get to change your clothing, that's fun for me. I enjoy that. I do enjoy wearing sweaters and whatnot. Do not ask me why I'm talking about the weather or clothes right now or even pumpkin lattes. It's irrelevant. But any Lisa, you're a real helper of my joy. Yes, no pumpkin. See, this is this is why we work, John. Anyway. <laughs> Good morning or good afternoon, wherever it is that you are from. Um, hello, John. Hi, Lisa. Pepper. Oh my gosh, it's so good to have you back just 50 minutes down the road. I, I love that. That's a comfort to me. Um, and anybody else that, that's on this morning, um, welcome. Welcome. I was listening. Actually, I scheduled my live last night late and... Um, because we were celebrating John's parents' 50th anniversary. And so it was kind of a later night than usual. And I didn't take the time to even consider what it was that I was going to talk about because I'm considering a lot of things right now. And um, so I was, I woke up thinking, oh no, what am I even going to say? Jesus, I have no idea what you're talking about these days. Just kidding. I was being super dramatic, you know, like we tend to be. And oh my gosh. Hi, Anne-Marie. I love you. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I just need to calm down. And I need to sit with Jesus and, um, and, and I'm just going to dive into to the, to the scriptures, right? And I felt like I was like, I want you to go to Ecclesiastes. What? Right? Like anybody ever hear God tell you to go dive into a book and you're like, that is totally off the grid. That's how that felt for me this morning to be like Ecclesiastes. All right, I'm going. So as I was listening to Ecclesiastes, there were some things that God was like highlighting and being like, Hey, pay attention. I want, I want to talk to you here. And, um, it was in Ecclesiastes three and all of a sudden I was taken into a, a vision and, um, and it was, it was kind of intense. And, um, I want to read before I get into the vision, let's just go ahead and read what it was that, that, that really prompted this. Anybody else out there listen to scripture or read scripture. And all of a sudden God is just like all over that one thing. Anybody, anybody, Hey, this requires full participation. I haven't said this in a while, so, um, I need interaction. Okay. Thank you. 
We're going to Ecclesiastes 3, and I'm going to start in, in verse 16. Um, the beginning of 3 is, you know, the mystery of time. And it's probably something that we are mostly familiar with out of the book of Ecclesiastes. A time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to um, kill and a time to heal. It goes on and on. But that's not why we're here. We're going to start in um, 16. It, yes, Anne-Marie, you're one of those people. That's excellent. Um, so we are in Ecclesiastes 3.16. I also observed under the sun, there is wickedness at the place of judgment and there is wickedness at the place of righteousness. We could totally dive into that and start dissecting that and um, and have a whole lot of fun there, but that's not why we're here. I said to myself, God will judge the righteous and the wicked since there is a time for every activity and every work, I said to myself, this happens so that God may test the children of Adam and they may see for themselves that they are like animals. For the fate of the children of Adam and the fate of animals is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath. People have no advantage over animals since everything is futile. All are going to the same place. All come from dust and all return to dust. Who knows that the spirits of the children of Adam go upward and the spirits of animals go downward to the earth. I have seen that there is nothing better than for a person to enjoy his activities because that is his reward. For who can enable him to see what will happen after he dies? you got to love Solomon, right? Um, anybody ever been in an ecclesiastical mood? I, I call this a whole mood. I, I, I find myself in ecclesiastical moods where I am like... It's all futile. It's all a chasing after the wind, right? But that's also not why we're here. What I want to talk about is how he he folds in for the fate of the children of Adam and the fate of animals is the same. Highly, and it's good to see you. Um, the fate of the children of animals and the fate of the children of of Adam. It's the same. They, they come from dust and they will return to dust. And, and this is where God was like, pay attention. I want to talk to you about something. And um, so immediately, you know, my mind is like going to Genesis 3, where we know that um, God manifests himself in the garden and he comes looking for Adam and Eve and is like, you know, who told you you were naked? All of those things. And, and immediately my mind is remembering that God curses the serpent to eat dust all the days of his life, right? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know for sure, but perhaps prior to this moment, Snakes had legs. I don't know because that part of the curse was that it would slither on its belly in the dust. Now, here's where it got really interesting to me is because we were formed from the dirt of the earth, right? Like that's how God made Adam. He pulled together the dirt of the earth and he began to form a man. And and so the the enemy, the serpent, is forced to slither in the product of man for all existence, right? And 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 that let's just read it. Why am I why am I even doing this when I could just read it to you? Let's go to Genesis 3. 
Um, let's start in verse eight, Genesis three, verse eight, God manifests in the garden. Then Adam and his wife heard the sound of Yahweh God passing through the garden in the breeze of the day or the cool of the day. I love that. Um, so they hid among the trees, concealing themselves from the face of Yahweh God. Then Yahweh God called Adam's name and asked, where are you? Adam answered, I heard your powerful presence moving in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Who told you that you were naked? God said, did you eat the fruit of the tree that I commanded you not to eat? Adam pointed. She did it. He pointed to the woman and said, the woman you placed alongside me. Adam has never talked to God like this until this moment. That's just a side note. She gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate it. So Yahweh God said to the woman, what have you done? The woman pointed to the snake and said, the shining snake tricked me and I ate. Yahweh God then said to the snake, because you have done this, you are cursed above every wild animal, condemned above every creature of the field. You will slither on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. This is interesting to me because um, he curses this serpent, the snake, to slither on its belly and eat the product of man all the days of his life. And I will place great hostility between you and the woman and between her seed and yours. He will crush your head and you crush his heel. Then God said to the woman, I will cause your labor pains and childbirth to be intensified. With pain, you will give birth to children. You will desire to dominate your husband, but he will want to dominate you. And to Adam, he said, because you obeyed your wife instead of me and you ate from the forbidden tree when I commanded you not to, the ground will be cursed because of you. You will eat it. You will eat of it through painful toil all the days of your life. Okay, we we know how um, blame shifting heads, but yes, that is exactly right. Um we know how we know how that all plays out and God removes them from the garden again we're not going to get into that because that's not why we're here what God was showing me after after reading the um the the portion in Ecclesiastes you wow yes Leanne um I heard the Lord begin to say dust yourself off, man, dust yourself off. And what I saw was, um, was a, a snake lying down. I saw a leopard lying down. I saw a bird flying through the air. And immediately after God said, dust off, dust yourself off, man. Um, those, those animals that I was seeing immediately transformed into man. And, and what I felt like God was saying is that we have, over time, yielded ourselves back under the dominion of Adam instead of reigning as kings under the dominion of Christ, right? Like as co-heirs. And, um, and, and we have, we have even like, if you think about it, and I don't know that this is worldwide, but I definitely know that here in our American culture that, that we, we value animals to some degree more than we do humanity. <laughs> and um, I'm not going there either. Um, but that's, that's what I felt like God was saying is that, that we have brought ourselves back under the dominion of dust when we were recreated as Kings. 
And, and so we have to begin to see what it is that, that God is doing right now is, is he is revealing the mess that we have made as a, as a church body. Honestly, we are the gates. We are the gates. And so we have allowed things to come through our gates because, right, we have the keys to the kingdom, right? So we can bind and we can loose. So anything you guys, we need to take full responsibility for this. If we don't, we will never understand our kingship. We will never understand our authority or our lordship on the earth. We will never fully take back dominion that is rightfully ours. If we do not take responsibility for what is now, we have a mess to clean up. We have allowed all kinds of nonsense to come through our gates and to come and usurp our dominion. We have right now allowed animals to come in and rule to the point where we now are becoming barbaric and animalistic. When we are valuing animals greatly than we are the ones standing beside us, we have a problem. In ancient times, listen, we can point to ancient times. Egypt stands out the most to me. They formed gods out of animals. They served creation right they 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 seated animals in a place of authority and dominion over themselves and we are doing the same thing and so what i felt like god was doing when he was saying dust yourself off man that he was even shaking part of the shaking is dusting off the animal skins that we have covered ourselves with now listen before you think that this is not affecting you i want you to understand that we have been deceived we have been deceived because we we became soft. And you can even see this in, in our prophetic movement. Our, our, our prophecies over one another is soft. It's coddling. It's refusing to speak to the things that are errant in one another's lives because we are so afraid of hurting one another. And I think that we have surpassed the work of taking dominion over the earth and reigning and ruling here and wanted to find ourselves in the, the part of scripture that, that says that, you know, the child will play beside the, the nest of the cobra or whatever it is. Like we have moved ourselves fully into the space of peace that we have not quite earned. And I don't really like to use the word earned because it makes it sound like works. And that's not what I'm after, that we haven't worked the land to get to the point of seeing that kind of peace on the earth. We have to first clear out the land. Our land is being occupied by so many things right now that we aren't in a place of peace where we can see a, a, a lamb lying down with a leopard, right? Because we have men lying down as leopards until men rise up in their rightful authority, in their kingship, taking dominion and occupying the earth. We won't move into a space of peace, when we have mankind that is still being seen as a serpent, we can't see ourselves in a space of peace. It will take humanity seeing themselves as kings in Christ and forsaking what we had in Adam. We have given up our authority. We've given up our scepter and we have laid down our crowns. And right now, it's sad to say, but unto animals, 
Okay. We're, we have found ourselves in a sad state, but listen, I don't want to be doom and gloom. I want us to see that God reveals these things so that we can have a better understanding of where we're at. So we can know what is required to come in and take what is rightfully ours. Okay. We have to, we have to take what is rightfully ours and we need prophetic voices that are willing to say the hard things instead of coddling people where they're at and that it's not requiring anything of them. If I come to you with a word of encouragement and a word to build you up where you're at, I am adding to your fallen nature. I am adding, I am solidifying you in Adam. This is yes. Yes, Anne-Marie, stop being mamby-pamby. We have to, and I get it. We are we are so comfortable being soft that we can't even recognize Jesus in the way that he's coming as judge. And so, of course, we're not allowing ourselves to identify with a sharper part of who we are. And we need to. We've got to, we've got to change our minds. We've got to stand up. We don't belong slithering in the dust of the earth because, listen, you are no longer in Adam. You are no longer the product of the dirt. You are no longer of the substance that that serpent is slithering in because you have been brought into a new creation life in Christ. Let's go there. We're going to go there. Um, Let's go to, first, I want to... I want to go to um, John. Let's go to John 14. Is this, is this good? Is this like, is this hitting? I want to make sure this is like hitting us. Okay. I I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of us staying in the same place. We're actually going to John 12, not 14. I'm ready for us to, um, yes, pepper. We've allowed ourselves to coexist with territorial spirits. Oh my gosh, it's so true. It's so true. Okay, we're going to go to to John 12 and we're starting in verse 26. Um, This whole portion of scripture is fantastic, but for the sake of time, I want to just start in 26. If you want to be my disciple, Jesus talking, follow me and you will go where I am going. And if you truly follow me as my disciple, the father will shower his favor upon your life. That's really good, but that's not what we're talking about. Even though I am torn within and my soul is in turmoil. Anybody, is anybody there? Is anybody in the same spot that Jesus found himself in? Anyone? I feel this. This feels very real to me to be torn within. And I, I feel like my soul is somewhat in turmoil as I try and and get footing in this new space that he is requiring us to stand in. It is a mandate of the Lord right now that we be lifted up from the earth. And it should be causing a little bit of turmoil within our soul because we love the comfort of the land that we have been under. We need to break free from that. 
even though I am torn within and my soul is in turmoil, I will not ask the Father to rescue me from this hour of trial. For I have come to fulfill my purpose, to offer myself unto God. This is where we need to be. We need to be in the space where we are denying the comforts and we are saying, I am here to offer myself unto God. I might not know which end is up right now, but I have come to offer myself unto the Lord. So, Father, bring glory to your name. Then suddenly, a booming voice was heard from the sky. I have glorified my name, and I will glorify it through you again. The audible voice of God startled the crowd standing nearby, Some thought it was only thunder, yet others said an angel just spoke to him. Then Jesus told them, the voice you heard was not for my benefit, but for yours to help you believe. We do want to talk about this. This is the prophetic company that God is unleashing on the earth right now, right? I understand that this was this was something that took place with Jesus and and rightfully so it needed to happen, but it is needed now. It is needed now, like never before. God is raising up a thunderous voice that will occupy, that will say the things that are difficult, that will not hold back, that will that will trust that God knows what he's doing in them. We need to release the thunderous voice of God on the earth today to pull man up out of the dust, to pull man up out of Adam. We've believed in a lie. We have. We've we've been deceived. We've believed in lesser things. But it's okay because God is raising up that thunderous voice once again. Those who will say what God is saying without cushioning it. Then Jesus told them, the voice you heard was not for my benefit, but for yours to help you believe I mean, are you going to be those people? Like, are we going to partner with that? Are we going to be those who say the things that will cause people to believe? Listen, it's not the world that's getting it wrong right now. It's the church. The world is aching for something to believe in, for something real, that's something grounded, for something that looks like truth. It's the church that's soft. For this moment, from this moment on, everything in this world is about to change. Partner with that because that is the word of the Lord. For the ruler of this dark world will be overthrown. That's us. We are partnering with that. Jesus brought us in as his co-heirs to help overthrow darkness, right? And I will do this when I am lifted off the ground. We do want to talk about this. Why was Jesus lifted up from the ground? He came as fully man, fully man. And what he did was to lift man off of the ground, to lift man out of the nature of Adam, 
right? To lift us out from the substance, out from underneath the substance of the earth. Because remember, we came under the dominion of creation when we were deceived in Adam, right? We were deceived in Adam and Eve. We disobeyed in Adam and Eve. And so Jesus was lifted up from the ground to lift us up from the dirt. We are no longer those who are, remember Ecclesiastes? Remember, let's go back there because this is important. It says, for the fate of the children of Adam and the fate of animals is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath. That's not who we are, okay? If we persist in living as sons of Adam, then we'll be like animals, right? Under the dominion of the earth. But, but, if we will take on the nature of Christ as new creation and see ourselves lifted up from the earth, that's a whole different game. It is. We will be empowered to go and occupy the land that is rightfully ours because everything that is Jesus's is ours because that's the deal he made. I will go and I will take back what is yours. Everything that he paid for has been given to us, but we have to stop seeing ourselves as those who are in Adam because we're not, we're in Christ. We've been lifted up from the ground. We have been brought up from the earth. We are no longer under the dominion or even the molding of the earth, right? Yes, yes, Anne-Marie, yes, yes, yes. Um, where were we? And I will do this when I am lifted up off the ground. And when I draw the hearts of people to gather them to me, he said this to indicate that he would die by being lifted up on a cross. Let's read on. People from the crowd spoke up and said, die? How could the anointed one die? The word of God says that the anointed one will live with us forever. But you just said that the son of man must be lifted up from the earth and who is the son of man anyway, right? Hi, Chris. Jesus replied, you will have the light shining with you for only a little while longer. While you still have me walk in the light so that the darkness doesn't overtake you. For when you walk in the dark, you have no idea where you're going. So believe and cling to the light while I am with you so that you will become children of light. After saying this, Jesus then entered into the crowd and hid himself from them. <laughs> You've got to love a Jesus moment like that, where he is like, bye. I've said what I said, and now I'm leaving. Okay, let's hop over to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, and we are going to verse 12. <sighs> I love the subtitle on this, The Importance of the Resurrection. Oh my gosh. Hi, Kathy. I miss your face. 
the message we preach in Christ, who has been raised from the dead. So how could any of you possibly say there is no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no such thing as as a resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, all of our preaching has been for nothing. Is that what that said? Yes, for nothing. And your faith is useless. Moreover, if the dead are not raised, that would mean that we are false witnesses who are misrepresenting God. And that would mean that we have preached a lie, stating that God raised him from the dead, if in reality he didn't. If the dead aren't raised up, that would mean that Christ has not been raised up either. And if Christ is not alive, you are still lost in your sins and your faith is a fantasy. Do not let that be true of you. Okay. Don't let your faith be a fantasy. It would also mean that those believers in Christ who have passed away have simply perished. If the only benefit of our hope in Christ is limited to this life on earth, we deserve to be pitied more than all others. But the truth is Christ is risen from the dead as the first fruit of a great resurrection harvest of those who have died. For since death came through a man, Adam, it is fitting that the resurrection of the dead has also come through a man, Christ. Even as all who are in Adam die, so also all who are in Christ will be made alive. But each one in his proper order, Christ, the first fruits, and then those who belong to Christ in his presence. Then the final stage of completion comes when he will bring to an end every other rulership, authority, and power, and he will hand over the kingdom to Father God. Until then, he is destined to reign as king until all hostility has been subdued and placed under his feet. And the last enemy to be subdued and eliminated is death itself. He's not handing the kingdom back over to the father in its current state. You know, he's not, he's not that kind of king. I've been talking about this a little bit um, lately, but um, something that's really heavy on my heart that, that I know is God is what does the father's house look like? We don't know. We don't have a clue. We need to know what the king's house looks like in order to be able to rightfully steward what the kingdom should look like. So we need to be asking, leaning in, Father, reveal your house to me. Show me what your house looks like, right? Because we need to be able to rightly steward a kingdom that is fit to be handed back over to the Father, right? We need to make stronger agreements with who we are in Christ rather than constantly being pulled down back under the influence of Adam, right? We need to, we have to, we need to be dusted off. We need to allow the shaking to happen so that, so that we don't have visions of man as animalistic, We need the shaking. It's for our good. We need God to come in the way that he's coming right now. It's for our good. And we need to stop thinking of it as God coming against us. 
Honestly, I see this as a scepter extended to us, an invitation to come close to him as judge, right? This is what we need. Here's the other thing that God said to me this morning. He said, I am opening the door to co-laboring. And, and I know the scripture tells us that we are to co-labor with the Lord, but this was this was more than that. This was this was a oneness, a collective body that was intent on co-laboring with the Lord, because he said that the fields are ripe, they're white for harvest right now. And they are. People are hungry, but they're not hungry for just anything. The world isn't hungering for the dust of the earth. Okay, the serpent was cursed to, to eat the dust of its of the earth all the days of its life. The world's holding out, and rightfully so, because the sons and daughters of God have to serve up a, a, a greater meal than what has been. Right, so it's a it's a co laboring and union with the Lord. We need to come together. We need to see ourselves partnered as one coming through this door that he's opening up right now to be able to go into these harvest fields. And here's the deal. And this is what I saw is there is going to be, we are going to have a plan A, but we need to have a plan B too, because there is going to be things coming against us because the dirt of the earth is wanting to pull us. It's wanting to satisfy us. And we need to deny it. We need to reject it. We need to stop allowing compromise to sneak in, even in the smallest degree. Who of you are going to go the distance to stand side by side and fulfill the call on your life? Which of you are going to do that? Which of you? Now, this is going to be a little bit of a sharp word. Which of you are going to stop valuing your pets over the call that is on your life? We need to call things what they are. We are under the tolerance of the fruit of the earth and we are in compromise. And we need to move away from it. And it's going to take us standing side by side as a unit, as a body. And I am not suggesting that we all look the same. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a, a um, complementary body that when Pepper comes close to me, it complements the call on my life and vice versa. That I feel empowered when Anne Marie walks in the room because I rightly regard what it is that she carries. And we're not just sitting around singing Kumbaya, that we are going out into the fields as one to accomplish what it is, but it's going to take us having a, a plan A and a plan B when plan A is disrupted. Which of us are going to do that? Which of us are going to go the distance and not compromise? Listen, I, oh my gosh, there, there, ah! see, it's difficult being me right now. Can I just be honest about it? It feels difficult to be me right now because I feel like everything that's coming out of my mouth is so sharp. 
Sickness is part of the fall. We have to stop yielding to sickness. We have to stop yielding to to the sniffles. It is time for those who are the sons of God to rise up and dispense the glory that the entire earth is aching for. If creation is aching for the sons and daughters of glory to rise up and take their rightful place, then of course humanity who was spoken by the very word of God is aching for the same. You see what we've done here? We have put greater value on creation than we have on brothers and sisters who were formed by the same, the same mouth, the same words. We have to start seeing each other as the word of the Lord. When I look at you, I need to look at you and say, oh my gosh, you're so spoken being. You were held intimately within the Lord and it was his life breath that gave you form. And part of that, my regarding you is to also stand guard over you, regard and stand guard to be able to say, do not let sickness define you right now. Do not let compromise define you right now. Do not Settle. Compromise has got to end. The delay that we are under, the delay that we have been experiencing over time is because of the compromise that we're walking in. You know, we're allowing the dictates of the earth to rule and govern us. Say this. I am not ruled by the dictates of the earth. You need, we need to get a little indignant here, you guys. What's ours has been usurped. That should piss you off. It should. It should make you a little angry. If somebody came in here right now, if somebody walked into my office right now, number one, they're here illegally because they don't have authority to be in this building. And they came over and they took the laptop right off my desk that I'm talking to you through. That would make me a little bit angry. How much greater is the value that we should be regarding the keys of the kingdom? It's all of it is ours. He's handed it over to us. It's ours. But we do not know what the Father's house looks like. So therefore, we are not establishing his kingdom rightly. And that, Anne-Marie, is why it's mamby-pamby. You know? We need to take a little bit more seriously what does the Father's house look like. Jesus knew what the Father's house looked like. You know? Jesus knew. He knew what his father's house looked like. And he did something about it. Who's going to do something about it? The father's house looks like something. And the intention of knowing what the father's house looks like is so that we rightfully establish 
the dominion of the kingdom on the earth. My kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus goes into the temple and he's like, what are you doing with my father's house? And he turns over tables. We've allowed, we've allowed the very things that come from heaven to be prostituted on the earth. And this, these are the things that need to provoke a zeal to rise up within us to begin to survey the Father's house and say no more. This will not take place in my Father's house anymore. To say no more to the mamby-pamby prophecy, right? Like the whip that we have access to right now is, is the word of the Lord. How are we going to steward that? Are we going to hold back? Are we going to follow in Jesus's footsteps and say, not in my father's house? We just need to be a little bit more serious about the kingdom of God. It looks like something. This is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that what is impressed on our hearts and our minds this morning is that the kingdom looks like something that we would take that more seriously because Jesus has intentions of handing the kingdom back over to the father. And Jesus trusts you and me to rightfully establish something that looks like the father's house. Are we willing to go the distance? It's going to cost us everything. Jesus said so. He said so in in John 12. Let's go back there because I feel like that's really important that we highlight again. In John 12, he said it just before he said that he was going to be lifted up out of the works of Adam. Right? He said it right before that. He said this looks like something. If you want to be my disciple, follow me and you will go where I am going. And if you truly follow me as my disciple, the father will shower his favor upon you. To be a disciple of God, to be one who carries the the keys to the kingdom. It looks like something and it will cost us everything. It will cost us everything. I I did not intend on going here, but I'm going to because I feel like God is asking me to. About a year and a half ago, I was in one of Rebecca King's mentoring groups and it was a breakout room. And Stephen Cummings was um, the leader in that group. And we were just taking turns prophesying over one another. And he says to me, Angie, God is about to do a heart transplant in you. He's about to remove your American heart and exchange it for a global heart. And, you know, like we do, because we don't rightly regard the weight of a word. I was like, huh, that's fun. You know, that's fun. What we don't understand with words like that 
is it, there's a cost involved. There's a cost. It's, it's arrogant to think that there's not a cost involved with having a heart transplant, to have your American heart replaced with a global heart. There's a cost in it. There's a severing to what makes you American, that what makes your heart tethered to a space, to a location. There's a cost. And it'll cost you everything around the same time. God was asking me, are you willing to give up your reputation? Again, not, a, not an inquisition I, I, I weighed well. It made me super emotional. And, um, and, and I, I'll tell you that it was, it was weighty, but I had no ability to even rightly judge the word of what it meant. The two were connected. I'm going to do a heart transplant, Angie. And you're going to have to give up your reputation. No idea. No idea. You guys, we are so tied. We are so tethered to the fruit of the earth that when he starts to sever those things, we endure great pain because it is like having a limb amputated. That's how tethered we are to the fruit of the earth. Now, in America, there is what is called the American dream, right? And that looks like something. And you need to ask yourself, in whatever nation that you are living in, what is the principality that is governing your nation? Because that looks like something. And in order to become kingdom people, we have to get out from underneath the principality that is governing us in our nationalistic mindset. So when God starts to do a heart transplant, you know what that requires? It requires the heart to be severed from the things that hold it in place. The things that identify us. And it will cost you everything. You will have to come to the space where you're saying, what else is there to lose? You know? It'll be that intense. To give up your life to follow Jesus will cost you everything, including everything that, that is a comfort to you. You will have to give up the comforts of what holds you in place currently for the discomfort of learning to become a kingdom individual. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's a great cost and, and our reputation has nothing compared to what God thinks of us. This is so true, but we don't believe it. We have, we have a belief issue. We don't really believe that, that God, like when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and all things will be added to you. We don't really believe that. But it is true. 
you can bank on that scripture. Seek first the kingdom and all things will be added to you. I am not even suggesting that that when these things start to be tethered, when God starts to do that heart transplant work, that 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 you don't pause and 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 reflect on the loss. It's important that you do that. You won't understand the difference between where you're at and where you're going if you don't. Don't revel in it. Don't get stuck in the loss. Do not allow grief to hold you. Count the cost, right? We need to rightly count the cost. See the loss. But don't allow remorse of it to hold you because that would be messed up. That would be no better than where you're at now. We need to be those who are willing to pray the audacious things. Whatever it looks like, Jesus, I will follow you. Whatever it looks like. And I will not make judgments based on what my eyes see or what my ears hear. trust in you. We have to. Our trust has to be put fully in Christ because when our trust is put in the things that are um, worldly, you guys, I'm talking about everything here. Jesus, he says, I don't even have a place to lay my head. And if that is good enough for Jesus, that is good enough for you. Count the cost. If you can't define what home is right now, great. Great. If you don't know whether you're coming or going, excellent. That's good. That's good. Because kingdom people Our kingdom people, the kingdom is moving, you guys. The kingdom is is mobile. It's moving. It's shifting. It's spreading. It's enlarging, which means we have to be those who do that with it. We can't be tethered. Can't be tethered. We have to allow him to sever the things that hold us under the principalities that are over our individual nations so that we can stop being nationalistic and we can become kingdom people that have dominion globally. The earth is ours to steward and to occupy. Okay, I've talked enough. Oh my gosh, there's this one note that I have on here that I think is worth mentioning. It is believed (laughs) and I was telling Vince this the other day, it is believed that, um, remember when David was anointed king, he was brought out of the field, right? He was brought out of the field. He's occupying out in the field, shepherding. He's brought out and he's anointed as king. And it is believed that it was after that, see, David's job was as a shepherd, right? He worked on behalf of the sheep. 
He's brought out, anointed as king. And it's believed that after that is when he killed the lion and the bear. That's good. That's good. That's really good. What is it that, that, that you're doing right now that God is calling you after, calling you out of? What is it? What is it that he's calling you out of right now? And, 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 and right now I just, I come against every stiff necked, stubborn, idolatrous spirit that is attempting to hold you hostage any longer. You do not belong in lesser fields. You belong in the kingdom. And we have to get within the kingdom in order to expand the kingdom. Get within the kingdom in order to expand it. Okay? If you're staying in the field, you can't expand the kingdom. You need to get in to the kingdom in order to expand it. So come in out from the field to receive your anointing so that you can rightly take dominion over the things that you are called to have dominion over. You can't pick up a scepter as a kingdom people while remaining in a field that you have not been designated to. God has been talking to me about David's, that he's raising up David's right now. He's going to be bringing them up out of the fields and they are going to, they are not going to look like your church people. They are probably going to be extraordinarily offensive. And, and the vision continued over this last week where um, I saw them coming up over a ridge and as they came up over the ridge, I could see the glow of glory. It was a golden glory that was surrounding them. And it was weighty and it put me on notice. And for those of us that are already in the kingdom and you're saying to yourself, I don't really feel like I'm tethered to anything. I feel like I'm just waiting. I feel like I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the, for the next thing, for God to just continue, for delay to end. And that's fine. That's probably true of you because I feel like that. I don't feel like I'm necessarily in a, in a, a field. And I feel like I, I'm where God has me and, and it's intentional. But I also know that when these people rise up and they come up over that ridge, it's going to be offensive and they're going to be covered and clothed in glory. And there's going to be a part of me that's like, what about me, God? Because I have been occupying and now they're just going to come in and they're going to receive. Well, that's because the kingdom isn't fair. Doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. But here's the deal. Those of us who are currently occupying are to govern and raise up those sons and daughters of glory. We are in position to, to be able to, um, to send out these Davids into the field. And here's what I'm telling you. I mean, we're talking these men and women will one day be under the power and the, the, um, the restraints of addiction they will be under the power and the restraints of the demonic. And the very next day they will be free and they will be running after God. 
I am, I'm telling you, I'm putting you on notice. Get your heart right now. Change your mind right now because what God is about to do is going to be extraordinarily, extraordinarily offensive because listen, we stayed. We stayed. We didn't take the father's inheritance and squander it. We stayed, but don't you dare stay out in the field and pretend to be working when there's a party going on in the father's house. Be those who will be hands on with those who are coming up over the ridge, housed in glory, who have just been freshly set free. Be those who aren't standing aback watching the father call for the ring and the robe. Be the ones who are bringing the shoes for their feet. We are sending people out into the fields that are white for harvest. And we will go together. What have we learned? Have a plan A. But also be willing to go the distance with a plan B. When plan A fails, I'm going to, I'm not compromising. I, I know what the Lord is asking of me. I know what my job is and I'm going the distance no matter what. Do not compromise. Right? And allow yourself to be dusted off. Allow those around you to be dusted off. He's dusting off the fruit of the earth so that we will no longer be tethered so we can be kingdom people. Okay. That's who you are. It's who we are. Begin to call forth these fresh ones that are coming up over the ridge, housed in glory. Gosh, let's not be, let's not be envious. Let's just get in it. You know? Because like I said earlier, when Pepper comes close to me, I benefit. So when these Davids are coming up over the ridge in this golden glory, know that you are going to benefit greatly from that. It is going to enhance what is already on your life because this is how kingdom works. Kingdom isn't individualistic. And this is why we've got it wrong, church, because we have set up a a structure of individualistic Christianity and it was never meant to be. So let's share in what it is because what is on your life benefits me and vice versa. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just release our minds from old ideas of kingdom principles and I loose the fresh wind of the spirit that we would know who we are. We would know who the people are surrounding us. And that we would rightly regard and guard one another. That we would have no compromise over our own lives or one another. That we wouldn't allow it any longer. No lesser thing. We will not yield to infirmity. We will not yield to sin. We will not yield to the demonic. We will be those who have one thing on our mind. Kingdom. What does the king's house look like? Right now, fresh revelation. I just send out fresh revelation that we will know what the Father's house looks like. And that we will use the word of the Lord to protect it, to clean it up. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. Oh my gosh.
This is exciting. We're in exciting times. We really are. I understand. He's coming in hot. Enter into him. Okay. I love you. Oh, can I just tell you an announcement? On Sunday, I want to invite you into this. And I realize that not everybody is um, local to us, but that's okay because we're still one body. And so I want to invite you into what it is that we're doing on Sunday. For our Sunday service, we are going to be prophesying over 2023. And I want to invite you to partner with us in that. Would you please just ask the Lord, what is it? What do you what do you hold for this body of people? What do you hold for us? Go ahead. Can you please just consider yourself part of our family? Listen, maybe you're distant cousins. I don't care. You're still family. And what this is, this is what I know. What happens here is going to affect the nations. I have to partner with that because God said, right? Because why else would I, would, would I be going through this heart transplant if that wasn't true? Okay, so go ahead and and just lump yourself in with us because what the what, what the word of the Lord is over this house it it affects you too. Um, so would you please ask the Lord for a word for us and send it in to info at uneditedlife.org or if you want those of you who have my contact, you can text me, email me, I don't care. However, however you need to get that in, get it in, and we are going to. We want to represent what it is that the Lord has said to you on Sunday morning. We're just going to kind of have this open open mic um, prophetic time and um, it's going to be brilliant. And then what we're going to do with that is the last four weeks of the year, we're going to take those words that God is speaking over our next year and, and we're going to begin to, to, to survey what does this mean for because we are we are moving into really a better understanding of the fivefold of the government of the church. The the ecclesia means to legislate. And so in order to do that, we have to get our government in order. And so we're going to begin to look at what what do what do these words look like under the grace of a pastor, under the grace of a teacher, evangelist, pastor, or prophet, um, apostle. And so that's what we're doing with them. We are getting a head start so that we can come into this new year, this freshly laid snow where all ground looks the same. And we're going to be able to hit the ground running and we're going to be able to be kingdom people that are in it and expand it far and wide. It's going to be a brilliant year. So get before the Lord with us. Okay, and then send in what it is that that he's saying and join us. We will we will go live around 1045 between 1030 and 1045. And and I want you to, to be a part of that with us. Okay, I bless you and I love you. Talk to you guys soon.